Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey everyone, it's Eva. It's Kylie. Welcome back to Hello Universe. Yay! Um, I have a topic that's locked and loaded that I would love your help with because it's I'm kind of going through a little mini existential crisis, to be honest about it. Those are my favorite kind of crises. So (laughs) cool. (laughs) Great. Yes. I know. It's like your expertise. Um, I want to talk about the topic of being lost. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? Um, Just for the record, mm -hmm. ever since you picked this topic, all I can hear is the Frozen song. (laughs) I can't, I can't sing so, but. Everyone out there who is a mom is now hearing lost in the woods. (laughs) To me, this is really funny too, because um, like, (sighs) sorry for the long pause, but this is amusing to me because this idea of like, quote unquote, not having your shit together. Like if you were like, like, okay, I have a really good friend, like one of my best friends in the whole world, who's like intentionally like gave up their lease and like travels all over the country and all over the world they're like have a remote job and um and they've like made this choice where this chapter of their life is like very intentionally about Mm -hmm. minimalism and travel Mm -hmm. and um and their family is being like and their close friends are being like really supportive and also like that feels like the kind of thing that someone could be like, oh, you don't have your shit together because you're like, don't have anywhere to go. Like, right? Like, you're like thinking about quitting your job to start your own business while traveling. The- like, what are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. But like, you, um, but like, I hear that I'm like, oh, that seems awesome and glamorous it- to me. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, and I guess I feel like I'm being roundabout, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, I would think that someone would look at someone's actions and say, you seem lost because you're traveling a lot or because you move or you have new jobs all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But like the like act of being a seeker and like basically prioritizing spirituality as the reason you are lost is very amusing to me because right. it's like, uh, yeah, I just would assume that someone would base that off of actions, not like, Oh, your philosophy. Right. That's mean you're lost. Right. Yeah. I mean, which is just like, the reason I say it's a little bit of an existential crisis is because normally I would like listen to that and laugh and just think it's kind of funny because I don't identify with it. But I think right. there is a part of me that's like, um, I think anyone who's ever been on this, who's on, I guess what you would call the spiritual journey at some point, usually more towards the beginning is there's a point of being like, wait, am I you know, when you haven't spiritually come out of the closet yet, essentially, like that's language that I've heard you use. Like, you know, we both mm-hmm. had to spiritually come out of the closet, right? At one point. Yeah. And now we're so far away from that, but that was very real at some point. And I think there's this idea, like when I'm, when I'm in that um, phase of being like, oh, I'm very sensitive to being like, oh yeah, this is just woo woo shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of silly and, and do you know what I mean? Like, I guess there can be that kind of fear and I haven't felt that in so, 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 so long. But I think the reason I do feel is because this person who I'm talking about, who's like, has brought this, who has said this about me is someone whose opinion I really like admire, respect and care about Mm -hmm. and can be a little bit triggering for me. Mm -hmm. So basically I'm talking about a family member for people who are wondering, because you know, family, people in your family can just really tend to get under your skin the most. Yeah. Well, it's like the the special package of someone who's known you for a super, super long time. And so like <laughs> you are invested in the relationship mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and also yeah. like uh, current you, like current you and current them wouldn't, if you weren't family or you weren't friends for 30 years, like might not oh, like each we, other. Exactly. Like we totally, exactly. We wouldn't, we, wouldn't, right. we wouldn't even be in the same world essentially. Right. We're so different, but I think, but to be to but clear. I, oh, sorry. Can I just. just yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I think what you were speaking to before is like, there's often this phase in the beginning of your spirituality where you're like, oh, I'm afraid that anyone finds out that like I have crystals or I want to go on these meditation retreats or whatever the thing is. And then you kind of like, you haven't been there in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So you were kind of in some ways surprised that you're like, oh, this person's opinion 
it's like, I, w- I didn't expect to like mm-hmm. have it last longer than a couple of moments. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and to be clear, I think when they were saying that I was a little bit lost, it wasn't just like my spiritual paths and like beliefs. It was also that I am 38 years old and I haven't hit the milestones that I think oh. some people would think are, uh, I guess if you were more traditional like think like, are like, like suburban house and kids right thing. yes yeah totally like oh my god as a suburban mom with kids I'm like <laughs> but it just felt like such a yeah but that okay it just felt like such a fucking weird reality like split because this is okay this is the analogy that I was sharing with my with Adam um I don't know if this is like Okay, this is this is the analogy that I have. It's like I imagine being someone who's like living in New York City. Maybe you like came out as like queer, gay, trans, and then you have like your chosen family, and then you're in your New York City life, and you've been living there for ten years, and it's so the norm where you're in New York City, where like this is just normal and it's Mm -hmm. all good, and and you don't even think about the fact that maybe the rest of the world isn't like this anymore because you're kind of safe in your own environment, and you're like all you maybe you know you're just totally that's your life and then you go back home to like butt fucking Alabama or something and you're like oh whoa 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 whoa, whoa. I totally forgot that like you know like alternate realities that like I am a weirdo to some people like I this is very different to some people like the thing that I've completely normalized as is actually just fucking bizarre and that's yeah. kind of like how I felt in that moment of like I think I've built this life for myself where, you know, you and I, and you're part of that, you know, like I've been intentional about choosing people in my life who value the same things as me, who like love to play with magic and all that stuff. And it's like really fun. And then it's weird when you're taken out of that and you're like, wait, people think that this is, they think we're weirdos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think I'm lucky in that like my mom owns a yoga studio. My mom listens yeah. to the podcast, like is like right. a loyal listener to the podcast, yeah. right? Like some of our guests are like friends of my mom, <laughs> who mm-hmm. my mom, right? Like, so I have, um, I, in some ways feel like I have this, like um, my bubble gets to, I get to stay in my bubble mm-hmm. longer because my mom will, like Colin Bedell, our, like an early guest on our podcast. One of my favorite episodes, I recently bought my mom a reading with Colin, mm-hmm. who's an astrologer. Yeah. And my, my mom came to visit and we stayed up till like midnight. She told me like all about her reading with Colin. Yeah. How great. She brought out her notebook oh for her God. astrology reading. It was so. I mean, honestly, like I'm jealous of that relationship that you have with your mom because like my parents, again, I think it has, it, it's not just, I'm sure it's not just the Asian cultural difference. Cause you know, you could also be white or black and have the same issues. But like my parents literally have no idea what I do. They yeah. still don't understand. I'm serious. Like, like they know. don't know what I do. And it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I have extended family, uh, that <laughs> definitely, uh, I remember when I was at a family party and someone was like, Oh, I mentioned something about business and someone was like, Oh, you're, doing that still yeah. in like exactly <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. that was so funny to me um oh my god but I think like the decision to homeschool feels like feels mm. sense feels a little sensitive like like you're speaking to mm-hmm. right it's like I feel really good about my decision like you know Nick and I are on the same page or like like we're not actually on the same page but it's it, it, we're on like like you open the book and they're right next to each other, which I think is even better mm-hmm. because there's ways that we like want the same thing and also can like reflect back at each other, yeah. like a nuanced, mm-hmm. like hashing out of the best way forward. Um, and, um, and my, like my mom who was a school teacher and it's like, you know, is like all about it. I think if my mom could choose, we would live 10 minutes away and she would just be Desi's mm-hmm. teacher. Mm-hmm. Which I would wouldn't awesome. hate. Like when your English teacher mom comes to visit, like, you know, the phonics lesson is much yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway, my point being is I have felt sensitive. I have I have felt that kind of sensitivity around like what will people think about my like out like woo lifestyle in a way that similarly I haven't about like 
business, mm-hmm. spirituality in a long time, but I have felt it as about homeschool and a like, I don't really want to, I don't want to see people that I'm afraid might sub- subtly say yeah. things. So yeah. anyways. Well, I told, so that's like, okay, so let's, I want to like segue into that and then maybe like balance these two topics. Cause mm-hmm. I don't even know what it was that I wanted to bring up about this idea of being lost, which is that like, there's something here for me that I'm trying to like come to terms with. It's like, yeah, maybe I am lost. And, and, mm. and me, like it's what Ad, something that Adam said that I thought was just like, so perfect. When I told him this, he was like, he's like, who's not lost. <laughs> like, if you don't think you're lost, you're either delusional or you're ignorant like, and ignorant isn't just like, you're not aware. And I was like, that's actually feels more true to me because I think I'm so afraid of being lost. Like this is, this is like the weird paradox is that I don't want to be lost until I accept that actually, wait, I actually am lost. <laughs> like I am, yeah. like I have no fucking clue what is going on. And that is why I'm seeking. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just this other balance of also like, but the weird thing is like, I also feel more in control than I ever have in my life in other ways. So it's this kind of strange. Well, it actually kind of reminds me of, you know, you've shared on the podcast many times, this concern that shows up for you of like, am I losing my mind? Yeah. Am I crazy? This is, am I crazy? Mm -hmm. Am I crazy? And the, like someone reflecting back to you, oh, you, you must be lost feels on one level hilarious. Cause you're like, well, a, we're all lost (laughs) and B like I'm more found, you know, quote unquote that I've ever been. And then and then also at the same time, it touches directly on this kind of existing concern of like, okay, lost isn't the issue, but it lost feels like a cousin of crazy. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I'm so happy you brought that up because I think that's, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Like this is just touch, like touching into that wound that I have. It's like poking at it, the insecurity of like, oh, this is just another version of where I'm crazy, which is actually really helpful to see because I'm like, oh, now I know where I get the story from. It, uh, yes. <laughs> it's, yes, yes, It's coming yes. from, I think, comparisonitis, which is such a bitch and I, you know, which I didn't do it, but this idea of like understanding myself in the context to what I grew up with and like, you know, yeah, like, you know, people who I've known for a really long time. So it's helpful to see that. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, wait. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I was going to ask about homeschooling, but did you have something oh. else you want to say about that? No. Okay. No. So yeah, because so in last week's episode, oh yeah. So listeners, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, too, you should go listen to that because it's just funny because last on the last Kylie and Eve episode. Anyway, I just went into this whole beautiful long rant about how I like think it's so important to go out and live your like try have all these experiences and live your life. And that's like the funny thing that speaks to that. It's like, that is intentional. And someone can hear that and be like, okay, well, I just think you're lost. Anyway, in that conversation, we also just briefly touched on your beginnings of homeschooling for your two Mm -hmm. kids. And I think it's fucking amazing because, and I, and I would love to like, maybe even talk about, I think what that's, what this represents, you know, Mm -hmm. But to start off the conversation, I do want to say um, the funny thing about homeschooling is that like I'm I'm hearing you do it. And actually, I'm seeing a lot more people do it recently. I don't know if it's COVID or maybe I also- think COVID like cracked open a way that yeah. people were like, oh, either they did it because they like it felt your kid was already home yeah. or it just like changed the paradigm enough that it seems less weird yeah. to yeah. homeschool. Yeah. yeah. And I also think I'm, I just know different people like know different people now so who are like oh I don't actually want my child to be indoctrinated by like this western school system but I will say when I was a kid my immediate reaction to someone who was homeschooled is like oh they're a weirdo they're like almost Mm -hmm. like a a pariah of some sort and so this is why I want to talk about it because I think it's that's that's it's just so interesting like how I think it's still perceived that way in some ways right especially like so I grew up with like a classic public school education like mm-hmm. the in some ways like these coming of age movies you see about people in high school I feel like could have just happened at my high school <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking cliche and just like the most high school of high school the only difference being that most people were Asian but like you know you had the prom queen you had the jock mm-hmm. you had the egg <laughs> like and so 
yeah I guess I'm wondering like if you're worried about that and like so I'm very much just deciding that like this is what we're doing for this year Mm -hmm. right and I'm not making a decision and and this was something that Nick and I both were really clear with each other on like this is not uh this is not the plan this is like as in like this is the plan for how we educate our kids forever it just felt like if this is what felt really right for this year Mm -hmm. and then as we, as it comes time to make a decision about next year, we'll have more information. We'll, we'll have, we'll, we'll have a sense of what's going to be right for our family next year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And I actually, um, am part of a, a small, like, um, a small, like group chat of homeschool moms. And I texted them this, like, I texted them this meme the other day, um, from Tupac's mom about like, basically, uh what did it was forget the exact quote but it was basically her being like like the you're never going to be taught the system that is oppressing you is never going to teach you how to overthrow it like Mm -hmm. the system that is oppressing you is never going to teach you who your true heroes Mm -hmm. are like you have to learn that outside of the system and i texted that like that quote to this group and i was like so this is my daily waffling am i like here for the revolution or am I just doing this for one year to buy my hyperactive kid some space to like do better in normal school like every day is different in terms of yeah (laughs) like what's what is like even the like what is like what is my intent around like this you know yeah and in some ways I don't I think I don't know right because you know as I've shared many times this is very hyperactive like very clearly has ADD I actually have an interesting story about that um as do I. And, and we, I was talking, so if you don't, listeners don't know, my kids go to um, nature school three days a week for half a day. And then I do homeschool. Awesome. By the way, which is great. (laughs) And it's the same nature school teacher that Desi had last year. She has six kids. She's absolutely incredible. Like I kind of tear up, like every time I pick up my kids, we like miss Lisa and I chat for like (laughs) ages my kids the kids are like laying in her driveway waiting (laughs) for us to be done talking so she's really great um but we were but she's also like very much an ally and um and like really loves desi and sees him and also is like on board with like you know the same philosophy i have which is like you have i want you are accountable to your behavior like in the group and like you know making like kind considerate decisions and also like we are responsible to figure out how that's a thing that feels comfortable and safe for you right like we're not it's not we can't just yell at you to sit down a million times like you can't fucking sit down so like the other day we were like researching together like what kind of fidget toys could work at nature school right anyway point being we were talking and she was like basically he was like being super disruptive last week like Mm -hmm. total pain in the ass at nature school and and uh we were both cracking up and i was like well i'm really glad i didn't send him to traditional school and she's like yeah he would he would be she's very mild mannered yeah he would be having a hard time that would be hard yeah yeah um anyway i like it's like a rambly answer to your question but i don't worry about like if he'll be a weirdo because um i'm not committed that this is what we'll do forever yeah and i do really feel like oh go ahead what you're saying? well i was gonna say that's the weird thing though is that like you're saying you said that you're not you're not worried about him being a weirdo because you don't know you know if this might you don't know if it's going to be a year long thing or a five-year long thing but i guess my question is like what is it about does it if your if your child is homeschooled does that automatically mean that they're a weirdo do you know what i mean like that's like yeah. i think the even the worry that I have, I'm not even mean, I don't even mean that in like a, in like a, yeah, uh, ju- like a stereotypical way. I think one of my concerns is like, what about the social interaction? Right? Yeah. So, oh my God, I have so many thoughts about this. One is, uh, so I went to this homeschool, like picnic the other week and, uh, there were, it was, it was small, but the kids there were like the most interesting oh, yeah. interested kids <laughs> i've like ever that. met and i was like wait i was like driving home thinking about how cool they all were and i was like wait are they cool because of homeschool <laughs> yeah, like like i like kind of is still going right it's very small sample size but i was like <laughs> but of course that would totally I'm- make sense to me because you're not your magic isn't snuffed out yeah and that was one of the moms in particular was saying like 
her because we were like sharing like our motivation and she was like I got to college and everyone was like pick a major pick your passion and she's like and I had spent my whole life just trying to follow the rules I had no idea what I even wanted like desire and like vision and creativity had ceased to exist for me and she's like and I don't want that for her you know and they had gone to um public school for a couple years and it wasn't a good fit and and I was like oh I hadn't even thought of that because my mom very much is someone who's lived her whole life off of passion and so it's like part of Mm -hmm. our family's culture is like Mm -hmm. you know my mom was the kind of mom who was like like follow your passion and the rest will work itself out Mm. which at the time I didn't realize was like a you know such a such a gift yeah such a gift you know um so anyways part of me is like um maybe that's bullshit I mean conversely there's a lot of like super fundamentalist Christian homeschool mm-hmm. vibes mm-hmm. that I'm sure probably doomed turning into a weirdo mm-hmm. and- <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh-huh. but also like but for different reasons though but yeah. for different reasons and like you know okay where Desi's gonna grow up and be like oh my god mom you shared my whole life on your dumb podcast <laughs> but like when he is like trying to control when he's like when he's trying to control and like turn down and like turn off his really hyper energy um without a good outlet he does this thing where he clenches his fingers like he's like a lion Mm -hmm. and he kind of growls (laughs) and like sticks his hands in your face Uh like it's a very weird yeah (laughs) and he's doing it because he's trying so hard to control himself Um... and and also doesn't understand how to like manage his own energy mm-hmm. right yeah so like part of me is like if i send him to school he's probably more likely to be a fucking right, right, right at right. this exact right, moment right 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 yeah i might yeah. be helped because yeah. like the, totally he that has a hard sense. time with like understanding like understanding space for people mm-hmm. and like not like you know <laughs> totally so so part of me is like again maybe it's just this year maybe not but like part of me is like Oh yeah, I'm probably helping your social, mm-hmm. like just giving you a little space before yeah. you have to go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think your situation is well, I will say I don't know all your reasons for homeschooling because we haven't gotten into them yet, but but it is very clear to me that when you were thinking about it, it wasn't because you were like, fuck the system, like I don't want my kid. In that. It was more like, hey, I am very aware and cognizant of my kids needs and I want to be able to support them as well as po- as much as possible so like that seemed like the number one motivating factor you know what else too truthfully like we talk a lot about on the show about the, our bodies and like my body made the decision for me mm. like it was so strong it was so loud it was like this that physical intuition mom yeah. like the like quiet it was like this quiet thing that had been there for a long time and then this summer between the elementary school shooting in texas and roe v wade it was like it just turned into this ferocious roar that was like i felt like if i didn't listen to it i like felt like i would like i was like killing some part of my totally. it was just, it of just, course you can't was, ignore it when it's that loud it was yeah. so loud i mean and it was still really uncomfortable and scary to like you know, like it it doesn't feel it scary now, but like at the time it just felt like um yeah, really uncomfortable, but also like it there was just no other option available. Right. And it felt like a lot about safety and like lots of different layers of safety, like st- certainly safety because of all the school shootings, um certainly safety about like, you know, the particular makeup of my son and the way that my town only has full day elementary school right like that kind of like logical like safety of like knowing what he emotionally and energy wise needs and then also just the safety it's funny because in some ways the the ruling on Roe was actually I think the thing that like mm-hmm. was like actually the deciding factor which seems unrelated and also isn't and it was just like you know what it was I think after Roe, it was so fucking clear to me that our systems are not interested in my safety. Right. Your, our systems aren't here to help us or protect us. Yeah. They don't yeah. have our best interest in mind. That's yeah. not what they're designed for. It might be, it like could be a side effect, especially because I have a lot of privilege, but like they're not designed to take care of me. 
they're not take, designed to take care of anybody except for like the perhaps constant churn of like capitalist machinery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and well, that's really interesting. And it just felt like if the system's not designed to take care of me, if the system's not designed to keep me and my kids safe, then I have to fucking keep them safe. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm not sending them to school. Um, and then I'll figure out, you know, and I really feel like, um, Wow, that's actually really, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, one, it's, um, you know, infuriating and heartbreaking whenever we are reminded, like, our system, you know, the systems aren't here to keep us safe. But also there's something so beautiful about you recognizing that and, like, wanting better for your kids and being like, nope, yeah. like, that's, I, I'm not just going to do the status quo thing because it's the status quo, like, you're I think you're like really you're strong your very real maternal instinct was like nope um there's got to be a better way so I'm gonna make it yeah and it was interesting because Nick and I had Nick has been so incredible throughout all of like I don't even have words um we had one like argument about this and at the end of the argument which was like you know short and like that's you know mm-hmm. it's like what fucking happens yeah but uh at the end he was like you know all this anger isn't isn't helpful for you like like you know like you, this was like when we were like having the like the lovely conversation afterwards he was like well this anger isn't helpful for you and i was like i actually think you're wrong i was like if every mom gave herself permission to be fucking rip shit mm. things would be different like and, mm. and he was like, you know, oh. he's like, that makes sense. But also like, what is it getting you? And I was like, my anger got me this year. If I didn't let myself feel so fucking furious about the state of the world and my kids, I wouldn't have felt strong enough to make this decision. And so wow. like, yeah, I think that if every mother out there actually had access to how fucking furious she is like specifically in america like i think we could i think she could change the world yeah i think there'd be a lot more change yeah and also that is like oh like there's so much to unpack in there like that's it's so beautiful but also like you know that's such a beautiful thing but i also think it says a lot about how we don't allow ourselves to feel our anger but also it's a privilege for me because i could feel my anger because i also had the option to homeschool because I don't have a traditional job mm-hmm. yeah. right like I can also understand where maybe if I didn't feel like I had choices I would have ignored yeah. the subconscious yeah. call to be angry because it felt like yeah, well, you don't I can't have options. do anything with yeah. this anger and so yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I like completely fully see that and also feel like I don't know I guess I guess this is my TED talk to all the moms to be fucking pissed yeah yeah anyway um and i'm so fucking glad we're doing it because it has become abundant i was joking with my friend but i was like this whole year might just be kylie and desi figure out add together (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love that though like because it also everything i just said about the revolution and anger and there's another part of it that's like i also just might need a year where desi and i both figure out that we are like have both have pretty intense ADD and like need to together and separately learn some good systems. Right. So that school is a viable option. Yeah. Traditional school. Yeah. Well, it's just so interesting because I'm assuming, I mean, you've already shared, but like by observing the ADD in your own child, you must see it more clearly in yourself and how that's like, how that has shaped you and all these different things. So it's like, you know, Desi's a mirror. (laughs) y'all one of the themes of this whole season might be kylie and her journey with ADD because (laughs) it has yeah watching desi and then like learning like even sorry we're going so off topic from the original topic (laughs) but like one of the things when do we not do that (laughs) yeah that's very true (laughs) the theme is lost we have lost the original (laughs) um so okay desi's super hyperactive as is my mom uh and uh i for a long time didn't even didn't even realize that i had add because i'm not particularly hyperactive and i had read before there's like a whole theory of add that in girls the hyperactivity can get like weaponized inward and turns mm-hmm. into anxiety and i was like that's a nice theory oh my god uh-huh <laughs> yeah i was gonna say but now you it's know, all you all click- can't see my face but i'm <laughs> making the like <laughs> yes yeah, it's all clicking together like <laughs> 
oh, you know, wow, like that's really interesting. And and I I had read that and I like couldn't it like somehow just didn't land in my body, but then somehow again my my uh, my friend Ray, who's a really good friend of mine, knows my whole family, has ADD herself, was like vi- is visiting for the month, and she was like cracking up. She's like, yeah, if your mom like you're the link between you and your mom, like you and your mom and Desi, like mm-hmm. you're all the same, but somehow you're not the one who's able. Like mm-hmm. like it's just clear that um. The like, the desire to be a good girl is like hooked in, and I've been kind of un unfurling unfurling this idea of like, what are all the ways I basically have disallowed myself movement, like either in the way that like my mom and Desi are like mm-hmm. physically expressive. I'm saying this guy says I like wildly move my hands yeah. as if I don't have a lot of movement, <laughs> right? But like, what are all the ways in which I like constrict your body? Constrict my body and also like my energy and my movement and um and like and and movement in terms of like things I want to say and movement in terms of like things I want to write and things I want to create in the world which you might be listening being like doesn't she create something new every month but what if that was actually me like with a tourniquet Mm -hmm. right um and that some of my like lifelong relationship with anxiety is actually like all of this energy that needs a, like an outlet. Yeah. And since I didn't give it one, it was like, oh, okay, we'll just start hating ourselves. <laughs> right. It just got turned inward. Yeah. Which, well, so to, to bring this all back together, the, the reason I think this is really interesting is because I think that's exactly what you don't, what you're trying to protect Desi from. Which also explains why I have felt like so intense about protecting Desi from. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause it's yeah. like, oh, like, it's perhaps it's not just mom instinct. Perhaps I am quite Senior. intentionally trying to protect him from my own experience without realizing I'm trying to protect him right, from my own right. experience. Right. But see, so this goes back to the whole thing about homeschooling is that, so for someone who grew up in like a really traditional public school mm-hmm. education, there's a thought, I don't know, I just wonder if like there are people who, who are listening to this who might think like, oh, I went to public school and um, my magic wasn't stuffed out. Meaning like I, I... I'm happy I went to public school because then I got to social get, I got socialized mm-hmm. and therefore I, then I wasn't a weirdo and that made me more acceptable. But I guess mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say is like that in itself is the problem. Okay. So I think it's really interesting that, I mean, yeah, I had a, like school was like my safe haven growing mm-hmm. up. I love yeah. school. I love like, school too. I was a full Hermione Granger. Like I love school. I had a like really happy time pursuing academics i had good friends like i generally had a good experience yeah. in school right and i just want to um, jump in and also say that's the funny thing i'm talking about it like like the school is just this machine that pumps out people but like i also had a great school experience school was my safe haven I, yeah i didn't like it for academic reasons i wasn't you know um like we had a very different school experiences i liked it because it was i was like popular and i had lots of you friends were, you were you were cool <laughs> yeah i was and i had like yeah exactly i dated these older guys and i had a great time in high school but I can say that I can see though how uh, it is also like the like this 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 how because what happens is you go to school and then you want to conform like that is immediately what happens because all you care about I can even from like I don't know fifth grade to in your 20s or whatever you, you it's like all you care about is your friends like especially in high school and you just care about your friends and there's this desperate need to belong and to assimilate and so while assimilating is good because it keeps you safe, it is actually just perpetuating the system of like, we all have to kind of try and be good and accepted so that, and not too different or else we're going to be outcasts. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, so it's strange because I feel both things. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. What I was going to say is that I think it's interesting is your the topic you brought forward is this idea of like lost slash am I going crazy slash family like judgment? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what's interesting to me is like the, the hook on homeschooling for you personally is about this like relationship, (laughs) socializing, being an outcast versus being included. Like none of these questions to be totally honest, have actually even crossed my mind about homeschool because I think in part because yeah, because you don't have the same stories that I do because I don't have the same. They're not this. I don't have the same hooks or it's all about like 
the like the the loudest that I think the in some ways my body's thing is like physical safety, right? Like kids are getting shot at school. My body, like mama bear is just so that is humming under underneath mm-hmm. for better or worse. But I think the loudest, like the, the, the loudest emotional reason other than that or whatever is um uh is about this like hyperactivity suitability for school and then Mm. the way that we internalize our badness when the system when you know the system or like our teacher is just like fucking annoyed at us because we can't sit still Mm. and Mm -hmm. um and what that would do to my very hyper very sensitive little kid so it's to me it's all about like the stories that we turn that turn inward and that turn into our like own stories of badness Mm -hmm. If you've been listening to the podcast for a second, you know our own inner stories of badness is a bit of a pet topic, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So, anyways, it's fascinating to me. But I feel like, like they're kind of the same thing because I think I mean, so they're diff they're different, and it's really interesting because it's illuminating what our projections are. It's illuminating what, like, what our, yeah. our concerns are. But I think ultimately the core is the same, which is that like my idea of like when I talk about like oh how you go to school and everyone just wants to belong and assimilate is because again, if you don't, you're bad or you're broken yeah. or you're, because it's the same thing. Like you're saying Desi would be like, uh, get the message that somehow he's bad because of like his ADD. And I'm saying like, well, you'd be bad because you are not. People would think you're weird. Yeah. Or you're not socialized. You're not. Um, so basically, okay. So like the A story of like the projection then for you in like, in all these different areas is like, about being a weirdo and an outcast, <laughs> right? Like basically rejection, yeah, rejection for social reasons. And the one for me is basically like, you failed the productivity exam. <laughs> oh. It's right, it's like work, it's work equals worth. Oh, wait, is that is that what it is? It's the, the productivity thing? I mean, maybe not, maybe the productivity wouldn't be the like word I would use if I were to really like, if I were like write about it, mm-hmm. but there is, I think, for me, it's like, like, um, it's like this extra, does it, does the external authority approve of me? Oh yeah. And for you, it's like, does yeah. the like social structure right. approve, approve of me? me? Right. And ultimately we just want to be loved and like know and trust that we're good and not like yeah. broken or <laughs> fucked up or something or but incompetent. It is, yeah. It's kind of blowing my mind to see how much, I guess, Part of me right now, this woman is like, maybe Desi's someone who's way more concerned about the social, right? Like it didn't even cross my mind, but like, maybe he's not a kid who would internalize external authority. Maybe it's, it is the social right. structure or some other third thing we haven't thought of, right. but, uh, I hear you're saying that what's blowing your mind is how like, and we've had this conversation before we, we were on a boxer chat with our other friend, Rebecca, it's like the problems that we see are just projections of what we are holding on to. Like it literally it may not even really be a problem in reality because in reality there's like no good or bad or right or wrong but like it's because we are insecure or unsettled or not embodied in something with us and then and then we have that insecurity that shows up in the world yeah. and it becomes do you know what I mean do you know what I'm trying to say like it's a really I do because if thing. it doesn't I mean this is why like your the comment about you being lost is really interesting because on one level it completely washed away instantly like funny and then also at the same time it like niggled it's what like <laughs> right way right yeah <laughs> and it, which is to say like a large part of you has like has no relationship to that story mm-hmm. and then some part of you is like is is invested in that is mm-hmm. that in that story totally um yeah so if you because you said um you did say at one point like you know deciding to homeschool desi was scary so what was scary about it? If it if it wasn't because you were afraid of like he wasn't gonna get socialized or like what was it just like you you weren't sure if you could manage the task of like trying to like so yeah because because there was no part of you that felt like it was scary because you felt like this was a crazy decision to make right it wasn't like oh I'm like was not like the social pariah thing it wasn't like oh this is weird like people are gonna think I'm a weirdo that's not why um there is there was some. You know what? It felt so clear in the moment of the decision that it was the only decision mm-hmm. that like physical, like mother bear energy was so strong that it was like, I didn't give a fuck what anybody mm-hmm. thought. Okay. Now <laughs> I'm a little more like sensitive 
Yeah, I'm like a little sensitive in the sense that like, I just don't want to have conversations with people who are judging me. It's mm. not that I'm like sensitive, like, oh no. It's like, I just don't want, I just don't want to have the conversation when I know that you're also judging me. Yeah. But what do you think um, people might be judging you on? That's what I'm curious about. Oh, because I think people think it's a weird thing to do. Okay. Because yeah, because people think it's a weird thing to do. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think people think it's a weird thing to do. I think people think it's an irresponsible thing to do. Again, external oh. authority. Um, interesting. I think, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's definitely, wow. Yeah. The irresponsible. <laughs> Real time processing, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I think it's the idea of like it being, it being irresponsible, it being weird. Um, yeah. And how to like justify your decision and all that. Yeah. And like, maybe some question of like, if I'm, if I'm any good at it, uh-huh. like, so I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I have lots of experience teaching like college students, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. or like, um, and as I've, as I like my relationship to structure is whack Mm -hmm. and I'm also (laughs) running a business and like so figuring out like just figuring out like the other day we had the best homeschool day in terms of like actual learning content by far because I got a whiteboard and I put three stickers on the whiteboard and I wrote down these are the three things we're going to do today Mm -hmm. and so the stickers are really cute so it's like pineapple time unicorn time and rainbow time Mm -hmm. and my kids got like so excited I was like okay guys now we're gonna like play this word game and birdie was like it's unicorn time (laughs) very stoked very stoked but it was like it's like oh okay I've created structure and rhythm um and it's the end of September like I'm having to figure out like I'm being very intentionally gentle with myself around like it helps that desi's already like ahead of like curve like curriculum Mm -hmm. requirements so i'm like okay i have at least six months of fucking this up Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. it impacts yeah before you're like yeah before you fall behind um so um i've been like really gentle about that but then also there's this whole question of like well wait Am I doing, and this goes back to the question in the beginning of like, am I doing this to help you be more prepared for first grade or am I doing this to like build a revolution? Right. Um, because there's a part of me that's like, okay, we just like replicating school at home, but we play games instead of do work, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like, like, or are we playing and like, let like, you know, like today we went apple picking mm-hmm. and now like we like I was like, should I make up a science lesson while we're apple? We just fucking yeah. went apple picking. Yeah. Like we just played all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. Uh and like, and so there's like questions for me around like, well, how much is this again? Like what I think I'm clarifying what my own intention is. Yeah. And what my own philosophy is. And so I'm like building the ship as I'm going, in part because like what does Desi need? What do I need? What does Birdie need? Birdie yeah, but also, what are your beliefs about what, like, beliefs? what is like a, what is like a proper education? Like, what is actually helpful? What's not helpful? Like, oh my god, there's this movie called Oh, what's it called? I mean, it's gonna drive me nuts that I can't think about it because I really want everyone to watch it. It's so fucking good. It's about oh, the Alpinist. Alpinist. Oh, okay. He. It's about this kid who like goes climbing and like what do you call it when you're just climbing with a oh, rope? Free, yeah, free whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like. Anyway, I love those like free solo type movies. And this kid is just like, I swear to God, he's like, he seems like a little enlightened or something. He just seems like this little Zen Buddha who's like really good at climbing rocks. And his whole story was like, yeah, like I wasn't a great student. And so my mom like homeschooled me and half of my education was just like when I was feeling antsy and I had this energy that I had to get out, she would take me out and just like, let me climb rocks and just like Mm. be in nature and, and be with the soil and the world and like, that I think is a really important piece of like education. So this you know was I mean? the thing that blew my fucking mind the other day, Eva. I I want to watch that. That sounds really, really like right up my alley in this moment. Okay. Every single thing that my kids have learned up until this point, they've just learned. Like, how do you learn to walk? You just mm-hmm. yeah. learn to walk, right? Mm-hmm. Like you walk, you do learn faster if there's other like kids who are walking around you. But mm-hmm. like, generally speaking, you just like, 
there's the an organic nature to time, it yeah. right mm-hmm. same thing and that's what we've watched with desi he basically started teaching himself how to read and we were like oh i guess we'll yeah. get you some books yeah. like because he literally was like reading words yeah. it was kind of unsettling um and like it's like like look at the, all of the language that they have sentence structure like they just learn and so is it true and again this is someone who wanted to be a professor speaking everybody but is it true that you need like formal intervention or what if you got to just play and be curious and that directed you towards all the things that you would need and want to learn right totally of course but then i like but what about but what about comfortable because i'm like who organically like decides that they're interested in fucking chemistry right Right, because yeah exactly or i was gonna say like what about like all the fucking stupid shit they teach you in in school that you never fucking use where you could be teaching your kid about how to do taxes and how to like manage your finances and you could be teaching your kids about sewing i don't know cool shit that you will actually use instead of like honestly Mm. so much of the stuff that i don't remember anymore and i don't feel like i'm less smart for it yeah you know what i mean like i mean yeah you want to know your times tables you want to know who the presidents are but also like i don't really think god i took like econ and don't remember shit oh, yeah <laughs> well and even things like we were reading this Desi and I were reading this book about money and i was able to stop in the middle of the book and be like so they don't have any women on money mm. and like and then I was like, well, except for Sacagawea, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. no one uses that coin. Yeah. You've never yeah. seen it before. Yeah. And then like they were going to, and I could talk to him about it. He actually has a picture of Harry Tubman in his room. So I was like, they're supposed to go to put Harry Tubman on the $20 bill. I didn't get into Andrew Jackson. <laughs> I couldn't quite get to that point. <laughs> but like, we got to have a whole conversation about like, like, hey, you are subconsciously absorbing that only mm-hmm. men get to be on money. And I'm going to point out that that's whack. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like school's probably not doing that. Yeah. They don't have the, they, that's, they don't like, have the bandwidth for the that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You've got 25 five-year-olds. You don't have time to give them a little feminist <laughs> yeah, lecture. Exactly. You know? And also, you know, as a teacher, possibly be threatened by a parent being like, you taught my kid this and I don't think you should have said that. And like, you know, having, you don't get paid enough. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, like you're just trying to get by. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't know, I guess that's what I also, okay. Also one more thing about this. I like my kids more when I miss them. So Mm. that also complicates it. I like having a business. I like having creative projects. I get bored. Yeah. If I have to spend too much time with my kids, right? Which sounds mean, except I see them all the fucking time, so I don't. Yeah. I don't bad think. I think that. I'm sure most parents can relate. <laughs> yeah. So I'm also not like, like philosophically. Maybe I like the idea of like being a revolutionary and homeschooling, and also emotionally and temperamentally, I like having my space mm. to yeah, be a so creative grown up. Yeah, so, so it's tough. Yeah. I would love to get like a homeschooling expert on our podcast. If you like, okay, listeners, if you know of a, someone does this even exist, like I would love to, I don't even have kids, but I think it's important because the, the ed- education, the education system is really important because this is literally what is molding all humans into adulthood. It's insane. It is nuts. So like, yeah. I would love to, if, yeah, if Ky- or Kylie, if you come across someone, like I would love to have someone come on here and talk about yeah, it, but it's, it's on my radar of because like, it's like, also, yeah. What about your yeah. own personal time? My, Adam's stepsister has five kids and she homeschools all of them. And I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Quick question about this, like, um, lost thing. So you were talking about how, like, you know, there's a part of you that sometimes doesn't want to have to talk to people about it because you don't, you know, maybe it'll be perceived as like, you know, are you doing a good job or like you have to justify your opinion. I think my question goes back to, this is like a very broad question. That I think people are always asking is like, you know, we talk so much on this podcast about just listening to yourself and trusting mm-hmm. yourself above all else. And I think both of us are do are like our whole lives are like based on that. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like the question that I start to have is when do I get too much in a bubble mm. and need to listen to output from other people? And I don't know. Yeah. The homeschooling thing doesn't really fit into this, but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you know, you're making a decision here and you're very sure about that. And I think that's awesome. And normally I'm like, yes, I'm a champion for that. And I'm still a champion for that. But I think this whole conversation that I had 
with this like family member this weekend prompted this question that I always have is like, what's the difference between listening to yourself steadfastly and then delusion? Where, yeah. where do you draw the line? And that's a constant. I think it actually does apply here too, because it's like, I'm making a decision. It's one thing when you're making your own decisions. It's another thing when you're like making these, like, you know, if this is a decision of delusion, it's like, well, I'm making, a, I'm impacting a lot of people's life. Right. Mm. And I do feel strong enough about it. And again, it's the one year commitment, but like, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I've actually been thinking about that lately. Like, what is the line? Yeah. I don't know. Cause we are like delusions are real thing. Like I, I don't have a good answer. Right. Well, because this is again, okay. Maybe the theme that's going to come up in this podcast, well, it's already been coming up. We're in three year three now of hell universe. And it's been an ongoing thing of like, Eva wonders, is she crazy? Because so much of like wondering if you're crazy is like being like, wait, I really believe this, but am I delusional? Mm. <laughs> like, well, and the ironic thing is, is like actually being crazy. I feel like it's like, like when you're actually crazy, you don't, you don't wonder if you're crazy. Yeah, that's so like true. in some way, but the irony is that like the fear that you're delusional is like maybe the thing that's keeping you from being delusional. <laughs> I don't actually think that's true, but there's no, but no little... I totally understand what you're saying. Like I say this to my clients, my clients are like, well, how do I know that I'm not going to get too cocky? Like if I become confident, like I don't want to be cocky. And I'm like, you, like you will never be cocky because you like know yourself, like I, like, you know yourself, you're the person who's always checking in to see am I being cocky. And because you're asking those like self-checking questions, that's the very thing that like, you're never going to be at risk of being a cocky asshole. It's just not built into your system that way. And isn't it like kind of an exhausting thing to keep having to check in with yourself that you're not being, co- right? It's it is. Like, but I like, mean, the questions of, am I being delusional or maybe the thing keeping you from being delusional, but that doesn't feel true in my body, but like, it's also like exhausting to keep asking the question. Oh, it's totally exhausting. But I mean, but I will say like, okay, so you're the, so uh, my two responses to that are, and again, I don't have an answer here. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but you know, something that you said to me once that has always resonated with me is that like, there's room for doubt. Like, Mm. and I think that's kind of the same thing. It's like, it's okay to not be sure. Like, am I, is this crazy? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not sure. And I just have to make room for the fact that, you know what? Fuck it. I just don't know. And I'm, I'm never going to know. I'm never going to have the concrete, like tidy answer that I want. And maybe there's room for doubt. And another conversation that we had with Cassandra Lay, Lay, is that her last name? Mm -hmm. She was on our podcast and she did, we had a really awesome episode about like spiritual materialism and like, um, you know, when, when spirituality gets to be like really culty and toxic and she was kind of saying the same thing. She's like, it's actually good that you question. You know, what's clarifying for me in this moment is the difference between doubt and worry. Mm, say more about that. Yeah, because doubt to me is like worry is really graspy and worry actually worry actually wants a solid answer, right? Worry wants yes or no, black or white. Doubt is curious Mm. or it has the possibility of being curious right because doubt can be like oh i don't know maybe i am delusional that's an interesting that's interesting (laughs) right right Right? like and but also because there's not that pressure you're like oh maybe this is a little delusional let me like go and explore and find out like what's right what's helpful let's let's see what if and i think in some ways that's where like i'm you doing this for a year is a way of like making room for doubt right because mm-hmm. it's like i don't know i might get into it and be like this sucks mm-hmm. well okay watch a lot of tv for the year and then go to right <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. you could start school in january yeah like, whatever we'll figure it out but i think i think that uncertainty makes us uncomfortable so then we try to like seek control and then the doubt turns into worry because worry is control energy no, this is so good. Okay. I think we're done with the episode. Seriously. Like yeah. this is like, I mean, I think you've summed up something really helpful for me because there's such a different, you can, I guess what I'm hearing you say is like, you can doubt without having worry, right? Yeah. which I think we sometimes forget. It's like that holding that paradox of like, yeah. What if you doubt without needing to feel like you have to like figure it all out as if you're 
grasping for dear life. So, so you're safe. Yeah. It's really funny. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm watching that like unfurl in my own body of like, Oh, what are all the ways that I have like meshed doubt and worry together? I mean, I think honestly, I mean, I have to like go out into my life and play around with this a little bit more before I can come back and say definitively, but like, I think you're asking, you've just answered a really big question that I've been having in my life for a long time. Cause I'm always asking, like, I don't, I'm trying to do the dance between like, I want to question. I think questioning is a good thing, but also too much questioning is detrimental and painful and actually not helpful. And so really what you're helping me, helping me see is like, well, there's a difference between doubt and just like the questioning that's with the energy of like hey I can doubt something and make room for that I don't have to have the answer and I can kind of figure it out versus I think what I have been doing is like conflating um that with worry of like needing to like figure it out and does that make sense yes it does and there's like a corollary thing showing up which is that there's something there's some really interesting paradox of like being the seeker who trusts that the answer will come to you as opposed to being the seeker who thinks they have to go out and find the answer. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> this was so helpful. Like, seriously, it's just funny. Like, I, I'm sure you've, we've had this conversation. I've had this conversation many times before. And I think this is going to be really helpful for me to go out into the world and just notice the difference. Yeah. Cause I, I've, make room for doubt has been like a tenant of like, mm-hmm. you know, that's like how I, when I, when I actively taught intuition, like that was intuition workshop, like that was like a, the kind of a core piece of it, but I've never observed before the like link with worry. So yeah, this feels like kind of a gift for both of us. Cool. Yay. Too formerly anxious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, all I mean, right. I Should like we this, do joy? Yeah, this feels like a good place to tie it up, tie it all together. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Um, What's one thing that's bringing you joy, Kylie Caldwell? I love my friends. Hmm. I think I shared last time that um, my friend Ray is visiting for the month. Today, I met my friend Vanessa J. Love, who is a podcast guest, halfway for apple picking she has a daughter who's great friends with my kids and like oh my god she's the best fucking time like it's just like really 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 great time i'm so happy that we're back to podcasting schedule i just feel really loved Mm. and i feel yeah i feel i feel lucky to have really beautiful friendships i love my friends yeah friendships are so important yeah Yeah. i love that yeah shout out to friends (laughs) y'all yeah yeah um all right my love what's something bringing you joy right now okay i'm just gonna say okay so my joy i'm gonna for this week i'm gonna go in a different direction i've been talking about this nonstop. i want to give a shout out to another tell to a television show because i'm a pop junkie pop pop culture junkie um it's a show called severance and it's on apple tv and it is a beautiful fucking work of art if anyone is looking for something new to watch and who also loves like pop culture it's not about pop culture it's about the premise of the show is people who get their brains their memories are severed so when they Uh go into work they can't remember their like personal life and then when they come out of work and they're in their personal life, they can't remember work at all. So it's like they've intentionally wanted to be separate so they don't have to think about work. And when they're at work, they don't have to think about their family or their kids or whatever. So like they don't even, it's just this, it's very trippy. It's a very trippy premise. It's a little bit like, I can't do heavy things anymore. So it's not that heavy, but there is some spookiness to it. Like it's very stylish. It's just, I don't know. I give so much props to people who create beautiful artwork. And this is like a piece of art and it's like so well-written and the actors are amazing. And the story is so creative. And I'm literally like, just, there's only one season and uh, 
it's funny, like a TV show can captivate you that much, but like yeah. it's, I really see it as art. It is so fucking good. So if you guys are looking for something trippy and hilarious, and it's really commentary on like capitalism and like work culture, um, go check out Severance. Oh, <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's right. awesome. Oh, and The Alpinist too, if you guys haven't seen that movie. That movie is yeah, amazing. I might go inside and watch that right now. Yeah. All right. All right. So... If you aren't already, give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, share this with your friends, give us a shout out on the gram if there's anything that, you know, caught your attention. Yeah. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Just that we think you're all the best. (laughs) Yeah. We love you and we'll see you next week.